The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alamia. Happy Monday. Hope everyone had a fabulous weekend and hope everyone's staying dry today. Too soon. And unlike Alana, staying dry yesterday. <laughs> um, but hope also, if you are out on the road right now, be sure you are driving safe because you know us Hawaii people, I don't know, we forget how to drive like when there's just a little bit of a sprinkle and rain as it is anyways right here on Oahu but be sure I know on the other islands hope everyone's doing okay as I know like Molokai and Maui got a lot of the worst part of the rain so please everyone be safe out there and even outside on the windward side did you see that video of the boulder crashing through the house and just barely missing that the lady. lady. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like count your blessings. So happy that she was walking that way too. And then just stopped when she heard the, I guess the rumbling. Oh my goodness. And then it just went like right in front of her. Yeah, if you guys don't know, it's on Hawaii News now, but or on social media. Basically, there's like a camera inside the home, and the boulder just narrowly misses this older lady, like Alan said, walking in that direction, kind of turns around at the right second, and it just pl- plows through the room and just misses her. Fortunately, didn't get anyone. Um, so, man... That's crazy. I'm glad she's safe so I can say this. Like, it kind of reminded me of AC's golf shot yesterday. And and I'm I'm not lying. Literally, Ty and I were driving our carts. Like, we're going, like, next to each other. And literally, all of a sudden, we see this ball flash right across, like, the cart. As we're driving forward, there's a ball coming sideways right in front of us. All you hear is, like, Ty and I go, oh. And then we looked to our right. Guess who hit it? (laughs) AC shake eponymous. Custodio. <laughs> that's the funny thing about golfing with you guys. Like, I'm like, every time I go golfing with guys, that's why ladies, just, I'm telling you, it, just don't be afraid to get out and try golfing. And as long as you hit straight and don't hit very far, like, that's me. My game is like, I just hit straight. And it, and you know what? I end up with like the same shot score as the guys because they like to like just bang it and then it goes all over the course and off the course and then <laughs> we end up in the same place anyways. So we just learn how to hit the ball and hit it straight and we're good to go. Yeah, it was funny, but we're joke. Yeah, but you know this. On all seriousness, though, it's not AC's fault. The conditions out there were terrible. Whoever, I hate golf, <laughs> and then golfing in the rain and wind. Uh uh-uh. uh But golf is so expensive. We were gonna get our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the main thing that happened. So, no, that'd be this is this would be the time to go out to the course if you just want to hack at balls because yeah, it'll probably be empty and maybe you can I don't know finagle your way through a discount like hey so I don't know <laughs> we were still getting warnings we're behind pace we're like we're the only ones on the course and it is pouring rain well, that's because you went to the bougie course I know but if you go to like a normal course a non-bougie course you'll probably just be able to like <laughs> do you hack at whatever do you know ty and ac the bougiest of people when it comes to golf no yeah that's <laughs> true i'll go almost wherever as long as it's not too crazy like not riddled with like too many bunkers and everything but eh, 
It's okay. Anyways, so we will definitely obviously get into uh, NFL, the NFL conversation now that the AFC and NFC championships are done and the Super Bowl is set. The Andy Reid Bowl slash the Kelsey, Kelsey Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, so it's a little bit of everything. We'll, t- we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, I want to just make sure we touch on some of the things to happen in local high school sports. Uh, one, of course, that we will be out at Radford High School tonight and Wednesday to bring you OIA boys basketball semifinals, Division One, excuse me, semifinal action, and then the Division One and Division Two championship games on Wednesday. So tonight it will be Kailua and Campbell in the semifinal number one. That one starts at 5.30, followed by Lelehua and who else? Who else, Alan? The Trojans. <laughs> I'm not giving you the satisfaction. <laughs> I am. I'm not. Lelehua <laughs> and Mililani. Oh, Mililani. will be in the second semifinal, and then in the going on. Well, so those are the games we're going to bring you right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. And then for Division Two, which will be actually Division Two is already set. So Division Two Championship game will be Kalani and Farrington. That game will be at five thirty on Wednesday. So that's the Division Two Boys Basketball Championship again, Kalani and. Farrington, which would be good. I mean, we, our guys, Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht called that Farrington game not too long ago, actually. And we did a Kalani game earlier in the year, too, yeah? No. I think, like, when we first started. Oh, we know we did Kalani Roosevelt. Oh, we did that, yeah, 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 yeah. At Roosevelt. At their, like, historic gym. I'm, I'm so bummed. I'm so happy, though. I got to go back to that in case anyone missed it, that we were, by all accounts, according to John Chung, we were the only... Like the first, last, and only station to broadcast from. I love how you put last. Like we're never doing it again there. (laughs) Well, we're not because basketball season is power. Well, no, but that doesn't mean that like next year we. Oh no, they're renovating. Oh, that's why. Oh, so they're renovating in the summer. So that's why we are the first, last, and only to ever. Because now they're gonna tear it down and build a new gym. Wow. Little fun fact: John Chung's my like Hanai family, little literal Hanai family. Like I see him every holiday. Yeah. We have a special nicknames for each other. It's fu- quite funny. Did you bring it up to him? No. I won't say I, it on I air. Forgot. Oh, I you forgot. forgot. Like when I went, I was like. You're oh, supposed I to call him his Alex. name. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sorry. I can't just, say it on air. Though. I just had flashbacks to that. Our little debacle talking about the Farrington game and, <laughs> and John. Oh, and, and where's the game? At? Where's the game? Who's, who's, dude, who's on first? Where's the game, dude? Dude, dude. where's the game? <laughs> That was the funniest thing ever because no one was really technically wrong. Nobody was wrong. It, it was because just... it, it kept going back and forth based on, I guess, renovations at Farrington. <laughs> so what? Are all the gyms going through renovations? I think a lot of the older ones, yeah. I mean, obviously, the gyms like Moana Lua, they're, they're more than equipped and they have fancy bathrooms. And they have the fancy big old fans, right? Mm-hmm. The ones so... that they have to turn off during the game because they're so... No, they keep them on. Or at least they keep them on during basketball. Really? I think so. Felt like it was on. Those yet. big ones? Yeah. You're not supposed to, I heard. I think basketball should be. I volleyball I would worry cuz the volleyball is a lot lighter. But I mean, mm. you don't you don't want it like I mean, it's Hawaii. You don't want humidity to. That's the worst thing. It's you called want. air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more expensive. <laughs> Anywho, but yes, so tonight, again, we will be out there. Broadcast begins at 5.30. Uh, it is on Spectrum OC16, so usually the game will start around 5.37 p.m., but we will jump on air at 5.30. Kailua Campbell, followed by Lelihua Mililani, 
for the OIA Division One boys basketball semifinals. And then, like I said, Wednesday will be Division One, Division Two championship games. And then on Saturday. Dun, dun, dun. I'm still so proud of us that when it comes to this, that's why I just have to keep mentioning it. That, you know, your favorite morning team right here will be trying our hand at soccer. I'm excited. I'm so excited. So, so do you want to know a little funny thing on Sunday morning? Or this is uh, so yesterday morning, three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Did you try calling the game? Liverpool was playing, so of course I I wake up watching Liverpool. I was I was doing the game in, in my own in my own living room. Didn't know anybody from Brighton, but I knew everybody okay. on Liverpool. I was going to say, it's probably a little easier since you know yes. like all the players from one team. Where That's why people don't understand, you guys. Like, calling, like, univer- like say if you're University of Hawaii and you're, you know, you're used to calling the same teams. And even for us at HPU, because we do it quite often and we know the HPU players. Calling high school games, I mean, unless you're, like, you know, Mr. Felipe Ojastro at Spectrum that, like, He's like he's like pre- yeah, he's like prepping for multiple broadcasts. So he'll go like that's but that's part of his full time job. You know, like that's his job is to go and watch all these games and prep. But other than that, the rest of us trying to do high school sports, it's like it's it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it does like get become a challenge because it takes you like the first you know, five minutes to kind of get used Figure to, out to who's who. who everyone is, what they are. And then soccer, we're going to have to like find out where the the starters are and the positions first like basketball you can find out the starters like five minutes before and it's like you'll be fine but soccer i think we just need to find out because you it's easier if we plot out where every person is at position wise just for our base and then go from there like you know it's hard too it's because in high school they're not like real sticklers on their rosters yeah and and so and then of, of course because of funding you know, not everybody has the same jersey numbers for like home and away. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like you have to worry about two different sets because come tournament played based on seeding. You don't know who the home and away team is. Um, and, and so you almost have to prepare like multiple rosters for each school. But even though like you, you take the time to do that, by the time you get to game time, things are going to change. Someone forgets their jersey or a jersey yeah. rip. They got to switch jerseys. It's it's like that's high school to a T. I remember like, oh, so-and-so's jersey ripped. I was injured, so I had to give up my jersey. And the next thing you know is like, you know, everyone's wearing different jerseys, even though the roster says it's this way. So you, it's it's you're right. It's hard to prepare for high school games unless, of course, you're Mr. High School, which is Felipe, our good friend, <laughs> who lives on every campus possible. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Well, we're excited. It'll be the Motivate Foundation Girls Soccer Championships, also brought to you by the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. So. Uh-huh. Boom, boom, a little, little pop, pop the, the collar, collar. A little bit. So, uh, yeah, be sure you tune in. It will, well, it'll be entertaining at the very least. You know what? I know. We're gonna. We're obviously Alan and I. Like we've always mentioned, we are the, um, the hustle players. So we're going to go and go out and set out to do the best job possible. But we will preface it as it's never been done before. Again, local soccer on radio. So. It's our first time for everything, and I i mean, we couldn't help but be excited, so it'll be fun. No, I'm, I'm super, super, super honored for this opportunity. Um, it's going to be a blast. You, you kind of know my MO. I know I'm on here with you in the mornings, but you know me. I really don't like being on air. And and so to be, but and so, but if I am, it's usually on the color spot. So to be like on the other side, pretty nerve wracking, but I'm excited just because I love yeah. the game. And I, and, I it. and, and we get the, we get to grow the game by, you know what I mean? 
calling it and teaching it. So I'm excited. Exactly. And then so last thing before we kind of step aside and get into our NFL talk, I want to make note again going on in the boys soccer side, though, as the OIA um, just wrapped up. So, Alan, who won the OIA Division One boys soccer title? The Trojans. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Quit trying to make me do it. So, Mililani beats uh, Kalani 2-0 to win the OIA Division One boys soccer title. So, hey, there you go. We got boys soccer and girls soccer. Mililani winning the OIA title this year. Congratulations. And then in Division Two, Roosevelt beats McKinley 2-0, so it would to win their first OIA title since 2016. So as we were talking about John Chung earlier, who is the athletic director over there at Roosevelt, shout out to Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. And you know who else is a Rough Rider grad? Our good friend Chef Kale, who was in here in studio not too long ago. So he's a Rough Rider as well. You got like Chad Owens, Boss Man, and... <laughs> oh, that's right. Boss Man's a Boss, Rough Rider. Yeah, so all the week, we're like surrounded by all of our... And then... Isn't that your adoptive school because it you is. were coaching there? So the Roosevelt is. is Allen's adoptive um, OIA school because he was coaching baseball there for a little while. So, hey, Rough Riders. I'm a big supporter of the Rough Riders. So there you go. Midilani and Roosevelt winning boys soccer um, title. So that's exciting. And then on the ILH side for boys soccer, the Iolani Raiders, actually, they won their first ILH Division One boys soccer title since 2017. But it was because of a draw, actually, with Punahou 1-1. And that's how it is in the ILH because they don't have like as many schools to, especially in obviously Division One, like the OIA to have an actual tournament. So they just basically play each other and whoever outlast each other at the end of the day that's, that's the easiest way to say yeah. it right like all right whoever has the better record at the end is the the ilh winner so iolani has clinches the um the seated berth and the first round by in the motivate foundation boys soccer championships brought to you by Hoy Hoy sports radio, radio network, network. <laughs> all right it's good to step aside we'll be back to switch gears and talk about the nfc and afc championship games next on wake up in the den I'll hear this. Mm. And this one comes straight from other dance out. Oh, yeah. Oh. Love it when the music starts to hit and then them people come around. Around. You slap it when the music starts to hit. It's Wake Up in the Dead, Kule, Akbayani, Alan, Mia. Again, hope everyone is out staying dry and driving safe this morning as the roads are wet. And. Yeah, it was weird waking up in the morning. Like, oh, is it still nighttime? Is my did my alarm go off a little early? It's one of those like you don't you really don't want to wake up because it just feels like it's a lot earlier in the day than it was. But lo and behold, here we are talking to all of you beautiful people. <laughs> it's kind of nice though because it hasn't like the the trades have been strong the past yeah. you know the past couple days. Uh, of course, no one likes rain. But if you're like me, I actually do like the rain. I it's, like it every once in a while, especially at the it's house. Nice. It's it's just that nice, you know, the pattering mm-hmm. on the on the roof and the 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 walls because it it blows sideways at our house because the wind's so strong. Yeah. But uh, it's it was nice. It's been nice the last couple of days. Yeah, where well, and it's, it's cold. Been, it's too. been nice for everyone on this side of the island and on Oahu as as I know I 
trust me, not taking lightly of like I know Maui and Molokai have been battered where it's it's literally flooding out on that side. And then on the windward side, it usually gets a little crazy, too. So we're we're on the fortunate side of the island during this rain weather system that we have going across the state. But for everybody else, please, again, stay safe and yeah, just and go golf if you can. Too soon. <laughs> no, you know what? It was fun. It's nice. And, and, and I mean, I if you th- can go out, like I said, you'll 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 pretty much have the course all to yourself. And- they did flip a cart though because of the 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 cart paths were so wet, um, and we weren't even speeding on it. But one of our carts sure. did flip. I promise. Uh, no, actually, you know, I would love to make fun of my guys for for doing stuff like this, but uh, no, it was actually a scary moment because it came out of nowhere. Because we were on the seventeenth hole, and we're like, oh no. It started to dump again on us, and we were just soaked head to toe, all like everything. Just and so we're like, you know what? Let's call it. And so we all got in our carts. I drove off. Ace drove off. Ty drove off. All of a sudden, we just we looked back, and because it was wet and it was coming down hard, the tire and you know golf carts, dude. There's no tread oh, on yeah. those tires. They never so the, change those so tires. The, yeah, so the tires spun and then made them hit the curve. And when they hit the curve, it was like slow motion. Just oh, no. the cart like tipped over. It was funny. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't funny. Be- well, uh, it's funny because they were safe and sound. Like, I was going to say, yeah, nobody got hurt. hurt. It's everyone. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I feel like that just in life when something, um, ha- like an accident happens to a friend of yours and you see it. And the first instinct, of course, is like, are you okay? And then once they're okay, you're like, bah! Yeah. As soon as, as, yeah. soon as we heard, like, as soon as we made sure they were okay, yeah. then the laugh started happening. Even my father-in-law got involved in the laughing, right? <laughs> Which is it makes it even funnier because if you guys know him, he's like, you know, this just stoic, stoic, you know, former lawyer, retired, just enjoys <laughs> golf, quiet, right? He started laughing and chuckling, so it was good times. But don't worry, the phone was safe, so we could still continue to watch the NFL games because that's what we were doing while playing too. You know what I mean? So we had both games on. <laughs> oh, both interesting games to say the least. A quick recap first: the Eagles beating the. 49ers on like literally no quarterback uh 31 to 7 spread by the way was three Allen good job uh over under 44 and a half both games going under actually I got lucky though yeah that they Brock were on Purdy. their last quarter and yeah. then Josh Johnson goes down like that's and then Brock Purdy had to come thing. back in oh my goodness and then on the second game the Chiefs Bengals Chiefs barely beating the Bengals 23 to 20 and to the fault of that poor young lineman and Joseph Osai, uh, 23-20, Kansas City covered the spread that way. Well, the spread honestly went like all over the place up until kickoff. So uh, closing at minus two in most books, over under 48 and a half. Let me ask you, you said poor Joseph Osai, but I saw it. Is it really poor Joseph Osai or, or is it like, bro? Were you paid off or something? Because that was deliberate, and there was no hiding from that. No, and he's young. That's why. I think it was like, he's not a rookie, but it's where you can say rookie mistake. Because I think he's only like 22 years old. So it's one of those like, dude, come on. You can't you can't do that. His teammates were like, there was like video of the back. I forget, in the back, in the locker room. I forget which teammate it was, but was like walking to the locker room behind him and was basically like swearing at him like you can't bleep and do that why are you gonna push their quarterback out of bounds so yeah 
I mean, I don't we know. See no, we see. It stops trying to continue the conspiracy theories. Just like on Twitter, where everyone's like, "Oh, the sports books need so and so to win," and blah blah blah. I was like, "Gosh, you guys!" I'm not like, saying this- that. I'm just. I'm, but I'm not. I'm not poor. I'm not poor Joseph Osai because even at 22 and that young of an age and a rookie, you still know better. Like that's. That's not a poor well, Joseph Osai I'm moment for me. I'm saying poor Joseph Osai That's like, because you idiot. it's more of a he will be remembered as it being his fault. But there's all kinds of stuff that the Bengals did wrong or could have done. Of course, right. you're and right. So that's where I mean where I'm saying poor Joseph Osai because his play will forever be the one that stands out the most because of the timing of the game. It put them into field goal range, put the Chiefs into or better field goal range. And actually just to break because I don't want to get too ahead of myself in case people didn't watch it. It was basically uh, third and four at the Cincinnati was at the seven with 17 left in the game. Uh, Mahomes runs for the first down towards the sideline and Joseph Osai pushes Patrick Mahomes while he was clearly at least like a big step like he was over the white part on the sideline like he was obviously out of bounds Uh, and then while he's out of bounds gets called obviously for roughing the passer enforcing the 15-yard penalty from the Cincinnati 42 so the ball gets moved to the Cincinnati 27 Harrison Butker gets gifted with the 45-yard field goal which would have been in the 50s range had they not had that roughing the passer call uh, leaving and then makes the field goal, which, and that's the other thing. Cause when they show the replay, had that field goal been taken in the 50 something yard range, it could or couldn't have been short because they showed that 45 yard field goal from under like the goalpost. And then you can see it just kind of like barely makes it over by like, yeah, maybe they, like five or 10 yards. They did say, so, though, his range is not that well. That's why. Because even though that 15-yarder is what put him in that, like, barely in the range, you know, the according to that green line they show. So I'm, like, thinking, like, Harrison Butker, congratulations. You're the luckiest kicker ever. And the fact that you're an NFL kicker with a range of only 45 yards is really scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone can be, like, who's, who's the one that makes, like, a lot of, Everybody, Justin Tucker. Everybody but Harrison eh, Butker. I feel like forty. <laughs> I feel like forty-five should be or the Dallas Cowboys around your range. I think when we get into the fifties, like that's real and fifties. And by fifties, I mean accurately in your fifties. If you're an NFL kicker, you should be able to kick at least the distance of fifty-something yards for sure. But we're talking about accuracy as well. So that only left after it went through the uprights. That only left three seconds on the clock for essentially a miracle, which. There's, there was no miracle, not even close to a miracle. Um, but I think the biggest thing, too, was just that last play by Patrick Mahomes as he playing on a busted ankle and barely really ran the entire game. But, like, he used his legs when it mattered the most. And then, thanks to Joseph Osai, <laughs> helped them get a little more yardage than they had planned to. And the Chiefs go on to win the game 23-20 where... Like, again, that's the only reason why I say poor Osai, because I agree with you. That's not a that's not a penalty you should make. You should know better than that. I mean, he was Patrick Mahomes is clearly out of bounds, but it's just that was the very end of the game. And that will be the one that sticks out the most. Like I said, his teammate was yelling at him, even though you could be yelling at everybody else because there was all kinds of stuff that the edges got the edges got worked over. I mean, Joe Burrow shouldn't have been touched as many times as he was, too, though, so. You know, you can blame it on the O-line as well. Like, you know, you got to give Joe Burrow's time. And that's what they're kind of like in the some of the, you know, the national talk shows are saying. It's like Zach Taylor's got to go get help on that O-line. 
Um, well, they've been saying that last season, and by all accounts, it seemed like they were because as new signees were coming through, they're like, "All right, they're shoring up the line," and they didn't shore up the line good enough. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if? The Bengals had like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line of like, what was that? Like, oh, that's a long time ago already. Maybe like seven years ago. Remember when DeMarco Murray seemed DeMar- like yeah. he was going to be like the best running back in the NFL, but then he goes over to the Bills and he's not that good. And then you realize even more, you're like, oh, yeah, that's because the Dallas that Cowboys. Line was so good. <laughs> they had such a solid offensive line, which I feel like we haven't really seen since that like an offensive line that dominant and that good but can you imagine if like the Bengals had that type of offensive line like and, they'd and be it's, unstoppable if he gave Joe Burrow that much time if he can do what he does with barely any time and you gave him that much time no and that's insane. why it's crazy to me and I, and don't get me wrong when I say this I understand why but when you when you think about the grand scheme of, of football itself and, and the money's allotted towards players and certain you know the slot money's design designated for positional players, skill players, as they say. It's it's really if you think about it, you go back like those six, seven years ago. It's the old line that needs to get paid, and there's a reason why because they make your players look really, really good. So these skill players that are making great plays are in the open that make them look really good. It, it starts with that old line, and and if they're able to 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 you know afford like you said your quarterback ample time and afford you know you to that allows you to make your runs and your cuts on the you know if you're a wide receiver or you're the slots or the tight ends that affords you time as well so it's like the old line are the unsung heroes oh yeah and and really if you're if you're Cincy that moving forward that's got to be your main your main your main your main goal in this draft coming up which it seems like, like I said, last offseason, it seemed like it was because when you saw some of their new players come in, they were on the line. They just aren't good enough, basically. So you got to go out and find new players. But at the same time, the Bengals are still trying to budget, right? Because I th- I believe off the top of my head, what I saw is that next season, they'll be like around $40 million under the caps, under the cap. But you have to budget for the big deal that you're going to give to Joe Burrow. So there you have some work cut out for them in terms of planning for the future because, and then you got to like think about Jamar Chase too. And because you still need to have you those need to guys. Have the, don't get me wrong. You need the of skill course. players, but the O-line has yeah. got to be your focus here. So hopefully Joe Burrow is, you know, maybe he wants to actually know because you still want to get at least your one big contract. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe he wants to do like the Tom Brady and, Hey, I'll take a little less if you promise me that you're gonna shore up That's these positions. Happening. Yeah, not it, that guy. Well, and not not for his first big contract. Maybe like in ten years or whatever, whatever deal they give him when it's about to re up, then he gets a little older. Yeah, maybe you spread the wealth, but not your first big yeah. deal. Not after the rookie deal. <laughs> yeah, the rookie deal is like, no. probably like you're gonna go get yeah, yours. You you're not it. caring about anybody else. Yeah. So, and and not only that, but I get it. Everyone. Oh, actually. Going back to the line, though, they actually said in the broadcast, and kudos to them, they did talk about how the games are won in the trenches. So um, that is a 100% true story. Uh, Last, no, not last thing, but right before we take our break, I think the other biggest thing that stood out to everyone in this Chiefs-Bengals game was the second shot at third and nine. (laughs) I think everyone was, like, losing their mind. And, like, we were watching it at home, like, what? What is going on? And it's weird because I think I always joke, right, that I have bad eyes, but like my ears can like pick up on stuff, especially if the tones are a little higher. So I feel like I was 
the only one that heard the whistle on that third and nine. So basically, they went through, the Chiefs went through the play, third and nine. Um, I think it went to Travis Kelsey. It was short by about four yards of like the first down marker. And then next thing you know, like everyone's looking around because the refs had like stopped the play because there was an issue with the clock. So there a ref, like if you're watching TV, you can't see it in real time. They they showed it again in the wide angle. But if you're watching in real time and the, the camera is zoomed in on like basically, you know, where you always see the, the line and then the quarterback. But when they showed it in the widescreen, the ref that comes in from like the top left hand side of the screen actually does come in before the play starts and is blowing his whistle doing this. But nobody heard the whistle because the crowd is so loud and the players clearly did not see the ref trying to stop the play so nobody knew that the play was being stopped they went through it again it went to Travis Kelsey it was short by four yards of the first down but then the Chiefs get another chance at <laughs> on third down and like everyone's losing their mind but I thought too I'm watching the play and I'm like I hear a whistle like I even turned to Mike and I'm like I hear don't you hear the whistle like what I guess but then they're still playing and I'm thinking oh maybe it's someone in the crowd I guess like you know and then sure enough there I was like see I'm not crazy I knew I heard her whistle that's what happens like you just hear these things and but that was the only ref that blew the whistle again they went through the play and yeah so basically the because they went by the book so that's what happens if the ref stops the play it's supposed to be dead just because nobody sees it it's still quote blown dead and by the book the team gets another chance <laughs> oh, the NFL rules. Yeah. So the clock gets set back to 10:29 and yeah, it was just ugh. and then of course Zach Taylor was going nuts on the sideline and they so and then what happened was Mahomes was sacked on the ensuing play but then the officials flagged Eli Apple for holding in the defensive backfield penalty granted to the Chiefs and a fresh set of downs. And you wonder why Twitter goes crazy yeah. with conspiracy theories. So that's the craziness that happened. The The first play the Chiefs ran on that third and nine was short of the first down. Obviously would have forced a punt. Gets another chance. And Mahomes was sacked. So Bengals fans are going crazy like, woohoo. But then Eli Apple gets flagged. Fresh set of downs for the Chiefs. And, and the rest down. is history. <laughs> so that's where I mean where when we go back to what I said about poor uh, Joseph Osai, it's like there's so many other things that went wrong. and But his will always be the worst because of the timing of the game that it happened and leading to the game winning field goal. But yes, 100% agree with you, Alan. Other than that, dude, come on, man. You can't and, be doing that stuff. <laughs> last thing for me, too, is just in all seriousness, though, with you know Patrick Mahomes is literally on one leg. You have got to get more pressure on him. Yeah, you have got you have got to bring the house and go ahead and give up those big yardage plays because I don't think he gets those plays off anyways. So bring bring the house and then some. That's what I, we I mean. Were I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an NFL guy myself per se. Same, but but like I'm smart enough to know like okay, this guy's got one bum ankle, yeah. and he like you could tell he wasn't faking it because there are parts that it looked like he tweaked it and he's hobbling again. It's like go after that. Yeah, guy. like like bring the house. Like yeah. no offense, you want to play, you're risking it. Dude, I'm bringing the house. Yeah. And then oh. some. And the garage. And the, <laughs> yeah, and the kitchen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Got to take a break. We'll be back and talk a little bit about the Eagles-Niners game next on Wake Up in the Den.
Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kuulai Agbayani, Elamia. It's a beautiful day. Sunshine and rainbows. Still. There's rainbows somewhere. Let me tell you guys something. <laughs> you you think it's just here on air. She tells me it's sunshine rainbows land. No, trust me. She sends me text messages all the time or I uh Instagram direct messages of like memes of rainbows and sunshine land. I sent Alan it was it was a part of a IG story yesterday um if anyone follows Bretman Rock and he was um <laughs> out there his home in on in the wine eye side and then like there was a rainbow and then he was just like doing all these videos he's like look everyone there's a rainbow and he's like jumping up and down and then I sent it to Alan I was like see Alan this is what goes on in my head rainbows look at the rainbows 24 <laughs> 7 for me guys rainbows oh. um Anyways, we're talking about the NFL games that happened yesterday, the NFC and AFC championship games. Last thing, though, the major thing to happen in the Chiefs-Bengals game, and he was the reason why the Chiefs won that game. Former University of Hawaii receiver Marcus Kemp. (laughs) Because the Chiefs were, like, losing their receivers left and right with their, you know, one-legged quarterback, Marcus Kemp got into the game, and he did have one catch for 13. Yards, and that was the difference, people. That's my that's my professional sports opinion, and I'm sticking to it. MVP, MVP, MVP. the goat, <laughs> the greatest of all time, Woo! contributed to the game, and that was that 13 yards made all the difference in that game for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they won. I'm, I mean, come it on, it's true. Yeah, what can you? Yeah, yeah. Despite all of the horrific calls and everything else that went on, and you know, yeah, I guess Andy Reid's okay as a coach, and Eric Bieniemy, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Eric Travis Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey. Eh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, you know, still such a young Marcus quarterback. Goat. Yeah, making it to like you know his fifth. He, I mean, that guy. Marcus Kemp is so good; he makes one-legged quarterbacks look awesome. Exactly. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Handle that. Hashtag bows in the pros. <laughs> also, by the way, I don't know, but in all seriousness, though, like, my goodness, you might as well go ahead and crown, like, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and Eric Bieniemy like, the GOAT. Like, the fact that they could still, like, like carve out that win with the injured Patrick Mahomes and losing all of their receivers and still being able to do that. Of course, not taking anything away from the defense, but... That was pretty impressive. So as we mentioned to start the show, it is the Andy Reid slash Kelsey Bowl, a.k.a. the Super Bowl. Um, and as Andy Reid was the head coach at Philadelphia from 1999 all the way to 2012 before becoming the head coach in Kansas City. And Travis Kelsey tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. And his brother, Jason Kelsey, is the center for the Eagles. So they are the first brothers to face each other in the Super Bowl. As we know, we've seen brothers face each other in the regular season, but this is the first set of brothers to face each other in the Super Bowl. So it'll be, I'm sure it'll be an interesting time for their parents. Which box do they sit in? Oh. What jersey do what? they wear? Or no, they get so, the specialty no, with the No, so the kind. Um, there's a picture of uh, her mom, uh, her mom, their mom, and um, she's wearing the split jersey where it's kind of cool. One sleeve is like uh, Philly and then... And then, then like, you know, up the shoulder seam and then on the the back is straight um, Philadelphia with Kelsey, you know, Kelsey on it. And then 
the other the front and the other sleeve is KC for Travis and 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 so it's a split jersey the front and in the back you know sometimes it's more yeah. down the middle into the side each side but this one is straight the front is is um oh. is uh Kansas City and then on the back is uh you know Philly it's crazy because like they played each other, but I think she did that because they played each other in the regular season yeah, before. But this is for yeah, this is the Super Bowl. You're gonna have one son that his dreams have all come true, and one son who's who's gonna feel like the life has been sucked out of them. Imagine yeah. that feeling. Ugh. But then, but then the brother has to be happy for the other brother at the same time of, yeah. of being heartbroken. Like that sucks. <sighs> like no offense to my brother, if I was in that position. At least screw fortu- you, brother. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, they don't play like actually against each other on the field as they're both on the offensive side of the ball, so they never have to like oh. literally play against each other. So that's a good thing. Can you imagine if you had two brothers that were like a wide receiver and a safety? Like that would be nuts. Or, or that, or or you look at like um, DJ and uh, Mateo Uyangalele. Oh yeah, because we now, now right. Oregon, Oregon State, and then Mateo is is D. I mean. Um, He's an edge. He's an edge, yeah. edge rusher, and then DJ, of course, being the, the quarterback. Like little brother's job is to decapitate big brother, yeah. and like that's why we were like, why would you go to Oregon State and put yourself in that position? That's gonna be the most awkward like holiday dinners. So, bro, so, bro. Why you had to sack me that hard? Yeah. Why you gotta hit like, me? Like why? Why you gotta hit me that hard? It's so. like, why can't you move out the pocket better? <laughs> so, unfortunately, the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl, the Kelsey brothers are on the same play on the same side of the football, so they don't have to worry about that. A couple of things, though, about that Eagles game, as as we mentioned, the Eagles win thirty one to seven. But I mean, kudos to the 49ers. They actually kept it a game in the first half. Like Brock Purdy goes down pretty early, as like he hurts his elbow and it was more of a because you know people are thinking like oh why don't we just shoot up his arm or whatever with the cortisone shot but it was more of a nerve thing because I know I've broken my elbow before and there's certain things that like I do or not can't do because it just feels funny because there's so many nerves like in your elbow and with the quarterback in his throwing arm like he was just having difficulty I think like just having that grip on the football and all those and because it was a nerve thing they could never rule him out of the game because it could come back like you it's not it's not broken it's, like a stinger. it's not yeah so you're just like they never ruled him really out because he could there's no way to rule him out when it's a nerve type of situation in your elbow so but he was out and then Josh Johnson comes in who that guy kudos to him perseverance man gets into a big game after being on like 15 different NFL teams <laughs> like <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. Like, makes it into the NFC Championship game, plays a significant amount of time before he goes down and is ruled out with a concussion. And so, like, that was, like, their last quarterback, and there was talks about them running Christian McCaffrey in the Wildcat. Brock Purdy finds a way to go in, but really doesn't do much except hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, and it's a couple of times to Debo Samuel. But, I mean, like, that must just be so gut-wrenching for, like, the 49ers and 49er fans like really believing oh my gosh the story couldn't write itself better which by the way that's the perfect example of not things aren't rigged because you'd much if you're the NFL you'd much rather have the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl over the Philadelphia Eagles I'm just saying like the Eagles were just in it they just won 
but the 49ers, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, writes the story himself, leads the team to the Super Bowl, like all of this stuff. Like, Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the NFL would have, I, I think the Cinderella story, so to speak, with air quotes, I say that of Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl as Mr. Irrelevant would have been the, the coup de grace. And, and, and I think the NFL would have much preferred that. I heard, who's the uh, Lombardi, um, Mike Lombardi? He, the one on before us. Oh, yeah. yeah um, the Lombardi line. Yeah. The Lombardi line. You know, he said something interesting. He says, Brock Purdy's actually really, it was good. Brock Purdy's good. The problem is he's 185 pounds soaking wet. And guys that size are going to get hurt when you get hit day in, day out. And so he was like, but but you have to understand, though, he wasn't as bad as people think he is or people don't think he's that good. Like, he's literally, he's pretty darn good. It's just he's not he's good he's, enough. But he's not he's not, you know, he's not gonna be your Patrick Mahomes spectacular yeah, like yeah, yeah. like pull out a uh the most unreal comeback ever. Yeah. That's not him, but he's he's like you said, he he's not gonna make mistakes, he's gonna manage the yeah. clock right, and, and he's good. Uh he's just the problem is again, he's hundred eighty five pounds soaking wet. And so then they said, so now if you're thinking Jalen Hurt I mean sorry, not Jalen Hurt, if you're thinking um Bryce um Bryce Young. Bryce Young um, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at another Brock Purdy as far as size and stature. Like, the guys that size at that position, when you got edges trying to come and hurt you, you're gonna get hurt. And and do you risk a top draft pick on guys like that? With that being said, you know a Brock Purdy probably shouldn't have been Mister Irrelevant. You know, in hindsight now, but I think if he's not injured. I think that's a different ball game because, well, like I mean, you said, Philly didn't look that great either. And the 49ers, they've announced that they've actually committed to Brock Purdy for next season. And so they have to decide what to do with Trey Lance and, and talk about limiting mistakes. Actually, that ball that he hurt or that play that he hurt his elbow on, it was ruled a fumble. And that was actually Brock Purdy's first fumble. <laughs> you know, out of how many games he's played and started, that's how much this kid just limits mistakes. That was his first fumble. Also, I think the biggest issue of this game when we talk about the referees was pretty much on like an early play, that long, like 29 yard pass to Devontae Smith that was on the Eagles like first drive and they got up really, really fast and Smith was like, we need to run the play, run the play. And they ran the play. So obviously you can't review what happened because it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a catch because it looked amazing. But then when you go a different camera angle, he does the ball does hit the ground and it would have been ruled a no catch. And so the biggest thing is that the NFL does have they actually used it in the Chiefs Bengals game. They have an expedited replay process. So they don't have to the coaches don't always have to challenge. They have like the officials watching different camera angles and they can essentially challenge like the play that happened or stop and review on their own and it's what they should have done for a game of this magnitude that you have an expedited replay process you have all of these yeah air air quote at this point because they didn't do their job officials watching the game and that they Here's- failed they failed the team i don't i don't think the result would have been any different because obviously they like the 49ers were you know, out on their luck. But I mean, you never know because it happened so early in the game. It could have changed things because the Eagles and 49ers, they were relatively even in that first half. So I think the thing is, too, it's like, you know, when you talk about expedited replays and officials, the the NFL is a, a hundred billion pro- dollar profit a year company. 
you have the monies and the the ability, the funds to go ahead and, and make sure every game, no matter if it's the playoffs or not, but especially in the playoffs, make sure that every camera angle is is covered by an official in in a in a box somewhere in New York, wherever wherever and you want to be. It was supposed to be, and yeah, that's and, why they and failed then, and then in hit, this game. And then hit a, a red button for Pretty much. You know, and I forget what play it was in the Chiefs Bengals game, but they did use the expedited replay process where I think it was in favor of the Bengals and Zach Taylor didn't have to get charged with using a challenge flag because it came down from, you know, New York or whatever. And that's what happened. That should have happened in the Eagles 49ers game. So that, you know, should have, could have, would have final score obviously wouldn't have mattered on one play, but because the momentum wasn't either way. It was the beginning of the game. Eagles first drive. I don't know. It, it could have. Yeah. But anyways, woo, way past the clock. We'll be back to wrap it up on Wake Up in the Den. I can take you to the kingdom, By the way, Alan, I don't know if you saw on social media. Common Kings are coming to Hawaii. I did. Woo! No, no, no additional details released yet, but I'm pretty stoked. You know where I'll be whenever. Well, you know. hopefully we don't have a broadcast that day, but for the most part, I'll probably go to watch Common Kings because when I saw them in Las Vegas, I was like, this is awesome. You know who's in town this week? Who? Brett Young. Woo. You're not a country fan. I am a country fan of select artists. <laughs> you're the pop. You're a country fan of the pop ones. No. Yeah, you I are. I like Luke you're- Bryan pop not country i like chris stapleton really yeah i don't i don't take you as a chris stapleton fan i love chris stapleton tennessee whiskey man i know it's his hit hit but that's what got me like listening to him and that song is broken halo is one of my favorites of his but anyways anyways all right so uh last thing though about the eagles 49ers game as i mean we'll probably be making mentions of it throughout the next couple of weeks as the super bowl rolls around i can't believe it's already the end of football season sad but i think one thing for san fran also is just the penalties like you gotta like just like in basketball where we talk about making free throws in football don't do unnecessary penalties i think it really hurt them they had 11 penalties for 81 yards compared to Philly's four penalties for 34 yards so um as the game was going on I'm like another penalty another penalty are you kidding me but oh well as we said the Super Bowl is set Chiefs Eagles making it and the Eagles actually opened up as the slight favorite from what I saw I'm like what so they emerged as a two-point favorite over the Chiefs which is, I guess that's fair. I mean, we don't know who's going to be healthy. We don't even know if Patrick Mahomes will be healthy by then. Probably not. But according to, or based on what Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and just the whole coaching staff, they know what they're doing. And this will be, I wonder if there, has there ever been a Super Bowl where it's like, it closes at even? Because <laughs> I feel like that's what it is with these two teams, just based on Kansas City not knowing if they're going to be healthy or not. And the Eagles, I mean, they're they're not 100% healthy either. But all right, wrapping up the show, I just saw this come across via Steven Sai 
that the University of Hawaii football team has secured a commitment from one of the top junior college defensive backs in California, DeMarco Nunu Moore of Riverside City College. RCC. <laughs> told the Honolulu Star Advertiser he has accepted a scholarship offer from the Rainbow Warriors. Moore will put his commitment in writing on Wednesday, the first day of the spring semester signing period for football prospects. Uh, he said he will earn an associate degree this spring and join the Warriors in June. He said he will have three years to play two, two UH seasons. Uh, so if you guys want to read more about him, he's 6'1", 185, and was named to the California Community College Football Coaches Association's 2022 first team. So getting a huge commitment there for the University of Hawaii. Again, this is via Stephen Sai of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. All right, guys, don't forget, we will be out at Radford bringing you OIA Division One Boys Basketball semifinal action. Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht will be on the call. I'll be out there tweeting out and doing all your updates via social media. So follow us at High Sports Radio. Listen here on 95.1 FM, AM 760, and com. Other than that, stay dry, stay safe. For Alamia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye! Home of the Dallas Cowboys, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.